Hello and welcome to Cutting to the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben and as always I'm hanging out with Mike, Hello. Claire hey. and Pete. Hello. Coming to you on this cloudy, rainy Saturday afternoon but at least the football season starts today. And it's still 20 odd degrees. Yeah, it's felt warm still, yeah. But the football season starts today, that's the main thing. Hey. That's, that's soccer for anybody else in the world. Football. <laughs> yeah, but they will think we're running around with fucking silly plastic shoulder pads on going, hoo, 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 and thinking they're hard because they can't play rugby, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today, and thank you to Mike for this pick, it's been a very depressing week of research, we're going to talk about the potato famine. Bit of dark history. Yeah. And there is a slight conspiracy to this at the end. Or certainly a debate to be had. Right, Whether it was okay. a famine or not, yeah. That's the conspiracy. Oh. So before we start that, I'll read out a selection of new and returning listeners. Hastings in the United Kingdom, Haywood in California, Frankfurt and Maine in Germany, Tabasalu in Estonia, Ipatinga in Brazil, I guess that's how you say that, San Francisco, California, Back Knee in Vietnam, Los Angeles in California, Aberdeen in the UK, Lakeland in Florida, Niles, Michigan in the United States, the Bronx in the US, Dublin, Ireland, you might like this one, well you probably won't, but you know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Madrid, Spain, London in the UK, Bournemouth, Oregon, Bengaluru in India, Guadalajara, Spain, Stevenage in the UK, and Ashburn, Virginia, thanks for listening, it's very much appreciated. Tell a friend, tell several friends. And also, you can like us on Facebook at Cutting to the Ball in the Post Truth Apocalypse. We're on most podcasting platforms at Cutting to the Ball in the PTA. And on YouTube, we are Apocalypse Ball. So give us a like, give us a subscribe, help us grow. Do it. Do it, do it now. You can find us on Spotify as well. Is anyone else in them stars on Facebook? You can give stars when you're watching videos and stuff, man. No. We're not doing that, but we still want some stars. Yeah, give us yeah, some give stars. Yeah, give us stars, man. Okay, let's get into it then. So, I'm going to go back in time a little bit to set the scene. Yeah? Okay. I'm not literally going back in time, by the way. Oh. You won't just see this swirling mass of light and I disappear for a while, and then I'll come back, as if nothing's happened. Well, that's disappointing. Stop, I'm sorry, I haven't mastered time travel yet. I'm working on it. Good, good. So, we go back to 1798 to start this tale. And inspired by the American and French revolutions, the Irish staged a major revolution against British rule. Widespread hangings and floggings followed as the rebellion was brutally put down, and the British army increased its numbers to Ireland, in Ireland, to nearly 100,000 men, which at the time probably would have been the majority of the British army stationed in Ireland, with only a few stationed abroad in our colonial outposts. Right, okay, so we were just throwing bits of army out there and taking over what was near us. In terms of Ireland, it all goes back to Cromwell. He invaded Ireland originally. Mm-hmm. It was then under a British rule, by military rule. Obviously, they had the revolution. They said, ah, we don't want this. We don't want you lot here. It was put down. We just garrisoned the shit out of Ireland. And raped it for its natural resources. Yeah, that sounds about right. But we do. It's what we were doing at that time yeah. of history. Two years later, in 1800, the Act of Union was passed, and that made Ireland a part of the United Kingdom, and the country was placed under British imperial rule, devolving the little parliament they had in Dublin. Getting rid of that, dissolving the parliament they had in Dublin. Worth pointing out that from 1690, uh, the Battle of the Boyne, when the Irish Catholics supported James II, Catholics weren't exactly liked in the UK. If you're a Catholic from, from 1695, 
There was a series of laws passed called the Penal Laws, and they denied Catholics their rights. The Pedo Laws? Penal. Might as well have been the Pedo Laws. <laughs> that included the ability to serve in the army or navy as an officer, hold government office, vote, buy land, practice law, attend school, serve as an apprentice, what? possess weapons, and practice their religion, and also the Gaelic language was banned. So you weren't allowed to go to school? What? Not if you're a poor Irish Catholic. To be fair, have you ever heard the Gaelish? Gaelish? Gaelic language? Not really, no. It's very Welsh-like, because Welsh is a Gaelic yeah. tongue. But yeah, it's fucked up, it's really weird. It's quite a very difficult language as well. So oh, it's probably not the worst thing in the world to it do is, that. It is making a resurgence now in Ireland. Yeah. People are starting yeah. to speak it again. Yeah. But for a long time, you weren't allowed to. And if you're a Catholic living in the UK... You had very little rights because the uh, Protestants didn't like the Catholics. Remember, the, the monarchy is Protestants, the country's Church of England, the monarch is head of the church. You're a Catholic. You're potentially a, a revolutionary. Mm. And I, I guess we were at war with a lot of Catholic countries at this point, weren't we? France. Yeah. Italy. Definitely France. Spain, yeah. of course. Well, most of Europe's Catholics, but 80% of Ireland is Catholic. Mm. at this point. In 1600, Protestants only owned 10% of the land. By 1778, that had gone up to 95%. So they basically just drove the Catholics off their land. You can't own that, we'll have that. Yeah. Mm. Shocking. Although by 1829, some penal laws were repealed, the damage was done. And Ireland was basically, as a French sociologist, Gustave de Beaumont, who visited Ireland in 1835, said, it's called, he called it a nation of paupers. Because no one's got any fucking well, money. That's how they made it, isn't it? That's why. Yeah, they, yeah. they were deliberately by design, kept poor yeah. Yeah. by design. Yeah. Well, if they're poor, they can't do anything about it, can they? That's it. If they're poor and they've got no rights, they can't rebel. They yeah. can't buy weapons, they can't fight back. It's one of them, isn't it? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Keep on polishing their independence and anyone that wants to challenge, you know, what, what's going on. Yeah, well, you can't find your next meal, it's difficult, you know? Yeah. That's all you're concentrating on? Well, a lot of poor oh, Irish really? Catholics were farmers, and for 200 days a year they farmed for their landlord, and for 100 days a year they farmed for themselves. Yeah, they were called cottages, weren't they? That's right. So they lived in these little cottages, basically, that's what they're called cottages. Mud huts. Yeah, mud, wattle, daub, little cottages standing on the farms. They'd have a couple of acres of land, and because the cheapest food to buy, the cheapest and easiest food to get was the potato, that's what they grew to feed themselves on. Or, or, or potato for the Americans. You say potato, I say potato. Let's call the whole thing up. <laughs> or potato. It was a joke. <laughs> Got it out of your system before, Mike. <laughs> no, that was a joke on the tomato, tomato bollocks. Tomato! The thing is, though, Ireland is an incredibly fertile land. Hmm. And it is perfect for growing potatoes. So pot potatoes would see the Irish, your average Irish peasant through the winter... And they're yeah. actually... They'd eat it with buttermilk, wouldn't yeah. they? Mm. It's a better, beautiful land as well. Yeah, beautiful. you were better fed as an Irish peasant, less malnourished, because potatoes, you can just live on potatoes, yeah. than a lot of English peasants at the time, because they were mainly eating bread. You can boil them, mash them, chip slice them, chip them, whatever. That's it. <laughs> Put them in a stew. So harvests are bountiful. It's a fertile land. But most of that harvest is going back to England to either be sold, exported or to feed the population. 
Emigration became a major thing. A lot of them left to go and live in America for the simple reason that there was work. It was a land of opportunity. Yeah, the land of opportunity, the American. And no one was going to moan if you were Catholic or not. I have to say they would be persecuted, were they? So was there a lot going across before the famine? Yeah, between 1815 and 1845, a million Irish Catholics left for America. One million people. Worth pointing out during the Napoleonic Wars, a third of the British army was Irish. One third. If there'd been a revolution during that period, if there's a mutiny, he doesn't bear thinking about it, really. It's a good-sized country, Sharp really. wouldn't have survived, would he? Well, he wouldn't mm. have survived without Harper, mate, would he? Sergeant Harper. No, and he was Irish, yeah. He was Irish. Yes. It is a good size island though, isn't it, Ireland? At this point they've got a population of 8 million. Weirdly, their population had doubled in size. Hmm. But in 1845, the famine starts, and that is an airborne, it's caused by an airborne fungus called... Oh God, I've been struggling to say this all week, and no matter how many times I've listened to the actual someone pronounce it, I struggle with it. Pytophthoria infestans is the name of this fungus. It was carried... To England from America on ships. Is it spelt P Y? Yes, P H Y. Phyto. Phyto Pythoria infestans. There we go. That's it. And that's the problem is with this is it attacked the potato, then particularly the Irish lumper potato. It's not good. Winds from southern England carried the spores to Ireland, and under Ireland's moist conditions, a single infected plant could infect thousands more. In just a few days. And in oh. turn, that'll infect millions more. Yeah. I should imagine you'd have to burn it, wouldn't you? Like, you know. Pretty much. That'd be all you could do with your crop, would be just to destroy it. Yeah. Now, the attack plants fermented and they emitted a nauseous stench as they blackened, withered, and died in front of the bewildered Irish peasant farmers who'd never seen anything like this. Yeah, crops failed, crops fail all the time, but not your entire crop. In some cases, they're thinking it's probably a plague from God. Well, there's, they've got some great conspiracy theories. <laughs> this is the beautiful thing: human nature. We have not changed at all, because as soon as something happens, we've got to find another reason why it could have happened. But I'll get to that in a second. And so, by October of 1845, news of the blight reached London, and British Prime Minister Sir Robert Peel, who was a Tory, Mike. Yeah. Um, quickly established a scientific commission to examine the problem because well, it's still well at first he claimed that the Irish were exaggerating as usual to get more money yeah it was only after the reports kept coming in worse and worse and worse that he finally acted but he didn't tell anybody else in his party no because his party were pretty much against helping the Irish mm. they're the Tory landowning class some of them have got land in Ireland yeah. but in fact probably a, few, probably a few of them have but they're absentee landlords, as long as they're getting their grain and their oats yeah. and their yeah, livestock, yeah. they're not bothered. But because Peel had spent time in Ireland, and he actually started the police force, didn't he, it. in Ireland? Peel said the police force in the UK, for that's why they were, they were called Peelers to start with, and that's why they're called Bobbies today, Robert Peel. <laughs> You're Bobby, that's why the English coppers are called Bobbies. Mm. Yeah, they, the Scientific Commission went over there and went, whoa. That doesn't look good. I reckon we're going to lose at least half the potato crop this year. They sent back a bone-chilling report. Yeah. They beefed it up a bit, actually. They said that they'd be 80%, even though it was only going to be about 40%. They reckoned about half, didn't they? Just so they could get some action, you know what I mean? Mm. Now, the people of Ireland are like, well, this is like fucking biblical here. What's going on? And they came up with some theories on the cause of the blight, uh, including... 
mortiferous vapours from volcanoes in the centre of the earth. Okay. So we've got some flat, some hollow earth theory going on here. <laughs> Say it again. Mortiferous vapors from volcanoes. Mortiferous vapors. Yeah, from volcanoes. That's a great vapors. name for a band, that. Mortiferous <laughs> <laughs> vapors. I quite like volcanoes in the centre of the earth. As well. That's a book. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> journey to the centre of the earth. Of course, divine punishment. You've always got to have because Catholics, you know what Catholics are like, they love a bit of doom and gloom. Divine punishment, probably for letting the English in. <laughs> My favourite one static electricity in the air caused by those newfangled locomotives that just started to arrive. Uh, Remember when locomotives turned up, people genuinely thought they were death machines. Yeah. Like they caused static electricity in the air. If you were by one when it went past, you could be sucked under it or blown off your feet or something like that. It would the steam ones? Yeah. Alright, okay. I actually thought if you go over certain miles per hour, it'd turn you inside out or something. Yeah, it? For, it was, I'm not sure if it was like 14 miles an yeah. hour or something like that. If you were 14 miles an hour, you'd be turned inside out there, mate. No! That's restricting. I mean, remember when the first automobiles came out, you used to have a bloke walking in front, waving a red flag, letting people know there was a car coming. It was going about three miles an hour. It was just going about three, well, three miles an hour, because the bloke in front's walking at four. <laughs> How we've progressed. I know, it's incredible really. I love the conspiracy, but that's the thing, you, this is like, they just, what the hell is it? They don't know about, they know that crops fail, but they've, they've seen, never seen anything like this. Mm. Now in England, religious-minded social reformers, i.e. the Whig Party, who were the opposition to the Tories in the government, viewed the blight as a heaven-sent blessing that would transform Ireland, ending the cycle of poverty and the dependence on the potato. I don't know how they come to that conclusion. Well, they come to that conclusion through the Malthusian theory. Oh, go on, explain that then. It's what they believed. It was an economist called Thomas Malthus, and he believed that famines were natural. So a population would get too big for its food supply, and a famine was just a natural way of just... Culling. Yeah, taking the population <laughs> back down, so just leave it be and let it happen. In the grand scheme, that's what you know, Isn't that what they're trying to do now, then, is. basically? It's right, isn't it? Isn't that what they're trying to do now, then? In a way. If what we were talking about the other week yeah. is true, then that's what they're trying to do now, then. So that theory could hold some standing. Maybe not of how it arrived, but it was purposely put in. It was purposely bought over from America, maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's a conspiracy. Was it purposely brought over? Did he just, because they had no knowledge of how these things spread, was it just unwittingly brought over? Mm. Oh, All it takes is a few spores on some grain being brought over. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even know. And they believed it was a sin to help them. Yeah, because you've got to get them off that cycle of dependence. So can't God's help. will. That sounds more Tory than the, <laughs> these <laughs> the was, last These time. guys were fucking... Crazy, they believed in laissez-faire capitalism. So the market is God, which is effectively what Reagan and Thatcher believed. Well, laissez-faire has another meaning, and that's just you let it do what it wants. Yeah, and yeah. Let the market do what it do wants, it'll sort itself it. out. Well, we know that's untrue, isn't it? It just produces monopolies and, and all the money were, gets... They were the Whigs, were they? Yeah. Yeah, but also remember that, I mean, you, it's laissez-faire capitalism. Look at the British East India Company. It was a, a, They literally conquered India for the crown, and then the crown went, oh, thanks very much. Mm -hmm. You know, they had their own troops, they had their own armies. 
It was crazy. The most powerful. You know, they, they owned an entire subcontinent eventually. They were like the most powerful navy at one point. They had their own ships, not as powerful as the Royal Navy, obviously, because remember we're. And in 1840, let's face it, we're not at the peak of empire, but we are the world's superpower. Mm. We've got a lot of stuff across the globe, and it's only growing daily, and we've got the world's most powerful navy. No one in Europe's fucking with us. We've got the largest merchant fleet. We're the richest country on the planet, or we suppose we should be. Our next-door neighbours are... And our next-door neighbour is starving to death. Food shortages in Ireland weren't uncommon, because crops do fail. But... We could have felt... Yeah, but now, between 1800 and 1845, 16 food shortages occurred with a modest loss of life, but this one now is nationwide. Everybody's crops are failing. Mm. All the potato crop is failing across the entire island of Ireland. Yeah. Every time you say that, though, it's so hard not to say it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Peel created a relief commission, didn't he? He did. To prevent starvation. And he imported £100,000 of maize from the US. Which is Indian corn. Mm. Wasn't allowed to do that. Didn't tell his own party he was doing it. No, it was against the corn laws, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm not going to go into the corn laws, but basically it kept the price of corn, importing corn high, so that it would keep the cost of producing corn at home low. Yeah, so it cost an absolute fortune to import this corn. And he was like, right, we've got to get rid of these corn laws. And in the end he managed to repeal them. So basically okay. it's a tariff. A tariff is like, say, they put 20% on the corn, Yeah. so it's cheaper to buy it from home to, to yeah. stop people buying corn and importing it from abroad, basically. So and it keeps uh, your, your own sort of people producing, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes, and it keeps your peasants fed, because most, most of the English peasants live, are living on bread. Yeah. So you, you always don't know that if you don't keep the people at home sweet... So he was. So he brought this corn in for them to grow, to, so they could get the, you know, make the bread and. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. The problem Stop with this starvation. Stuff. The problem is that it caused a split in the Tory party because yeah. half wanted to keep the corn laws. Half That's didn't. never happened before. <laughs> or since, has it? There's never been any Tory infighting ever, yeah, and the government collapsed. Well, that's never happened again either. <laughs> Hold on, wait. We're well, close to that now, aren't we? Yeah. It has happened, doesn't it? Basically. Unfortunately, this gave the Whigs a chance to get into government, and they did. Yeah. And that's when the shit really started to hit the fan for the Irish. Also worth pointing out that that maize that they bought in, it wasn't great. I mean, they were selling it for a penny a pound, right? But the problem is that no-one's got any fucking money in Ireland because they spent all their money and pawned all their belongings on A, trying to grow more potatoes, or B, pay their rent. Yeah. Or just trying to live. Yeah, they've pawned their belongings, what they, the meagre possessions they've got, they've sold, and they, they can't afford to buy this stuff anyway. Also, it was very awkward. In a country filled with potato farmers, the skills to really make this stuff, to get this stuff into bread, weren't really there. They had to mill it twice to get it into the bread. Yeah. And then there wasn't enough nourishment in it for them to actually... Get, there's more nourishment in a potato than there was in the stuff this, in the bread yeah. this made. It actually gave people diarrhoea and sickness, mm. and they were getting malnourished. Oh. More malnourished. More malnourished. Oh. You know, three meals of boiled potatoes a day the Irish peasants would eat, and a working man... Now, yes, there is work. There's not a lot of work, and it's not well paid. It's mainly labouring or farming. That's it. Those are your choices. And if if you can't find that, you go in the workhouses. Yeah, but you might eat up to 14 pounds of potato a day Shit. in three meals if you were working. 
but they've got lots of calories, there's carbs, there's vitamin C. People are getting scurvy off eating the bread, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. haven't got the vitamins. Scurvy was unheard of in Ireland up to this point. Wasn't a thing. Well, why didn't they start planting carrots and all, you know? All that stuff's getting yeah. exported. They've got plenty of food. There's loads of food. High quality corn, I saw going to England. The meat, beef, yeah. The beef, everything. It's all be all the oats, barley, all being sent to England. The Irish subsist on the potato. If you are a poor yeah. Irish person, you live on potatoes and that is it. I bet theft was rife, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they'd hang you, wouldn't they? Yeah. Of course. Hey, remember, you've got the British Army policing Ireland. It is under military rule, effectively. Mm -hmm. But it was still rifle, though. Oh, God, yeah. But by 1846, they ran out of the maze. The supplies were exhausted. So the British government, which was the Whigs, adopted a laissez-faire approach. Let it be. Yeah. It'll sort itself out. In fact, they slashed wages. Oh. <laughs> so it made them even poorer and added unreasonable targets. So I'm the weak... they weren't lynched. Yeah, so the weak and the old couldn't work because they couldn't hit the targets, so they had to go into the workhouses. But you could only fit 100,000 in workhouses yeah. in Ireland, that was an issue. Yeah, but they were annoyed they died thousand. really quickly. As soon as they went into the workhouses, people died very quickly in the workhouses. There was yeah, but there was this consistent trickle going in. Yeah, that's what I mean. So there was always, they were never short people, but there was never yeah. too many. They were always on the absolute... At the height of it, yeah, there was 900,000. <laughs> wow. In, in a system that yeah. was designed for 100,000. But then you'd find 10,000 of them might die that day. Oh, yeah, diseases rampant in the workhouses. And another 10,000 would have come in. Yeah, you had cholera, typhus, and all these diseases and spreading. Not just yeah. that, the accidents as well with yeah. the work that they were made to do and things like that. Like they weren't meant, made to do good, nice jobs. No. It was always big, nasty, heavy, dangerous work, wasn't it? Mills and all that kind of stuff. Cotton looms and all that. When yeah, they, and the yeah. industrialization starts coming in, as you have to get kids in there to the get between the machines. They got little fingers; they can unjam the. And the amount of kids that died. All got their fingers cut off. That, that was the very least. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I've seen a few programs on workhouses, and they were fucking horrible places, awful places. Well, it was a last resort to go to a workhouse, wasn't it? It was almost like going to prison if you hadn't done yeah. anything wrong. Yes. You haven't done anything wrong, but you've got nowhere to go. The only place you can go is this workhouse. Because mm. they'll feed you, bed you, essentially. You might have to take a bath after 600 people already have in the same water. But, yeah, it was a roof. Yeah. That was the thing, wasn't it? It was a it. roof. When deaths and emigration started to spike a bit, the Whigs actually brought in soup kitchens, didn't they? They did. I'll get to them shortly. The first year, the starvation deaths were fairly low. But that's only because of the maize import and the, half the crop did survive in the first year of 1846. You know, hadn't fully spread. The potato crop had never failed for two consecutive years, but the blight was here to stay. And three of the next four harvests would be absolute disasters. So you've got your poor Irish, you've just got no other thing. Sell your livestock, sell your possessions, keep the roof over your head, try and get some seeds, try to keep growing. But you've got no money. Yeah, so they set up their they weren't kitchens. paying their rent. Mm -hmm. So the landlords would send levellers. You and these band. Yes, not the light hearted Irish folk rock band, the levellers, you know. There's only one way. Not them. No, these are crowbar gangs that they sent to smash the houses. 
Literally, they were a level as yeah. they had a level the house. Yeah. So they kick couldn't them off live the there anymore. <laughs> it didn't matter to them because they could rebuild it easy enough. Yeah. They get new tenants. Yeah. 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 But no one's got any money. But they're still exporting boatloads of meat, grain, and oats. And in 1846, it got to the point where people were so pissed off. They're like a mob gathered angrily at the docks near Cork and tried to confiscate a shit full of oats. British troops who were guarding the docks were pelted with stones and they ended up firing into the crowd, killing two and wounding 16 others. The worse the famine got, the more troops were sent. Not food, troops. And one Irish commentator did say, well, if only they'd send us more food instead of soldiers. You know, food prices climbed because supply and demand. Mm-hmm. No one's got any money. I keep saying it, but I can't overstate it enough. No one's got any money. And most were now in poverty. People are starting to resemble skeletons at this point. Walking skeletons. <laughs> or in some cases, lying there in their own filth skeletons in most cases. Because people don't... Very few people die from starvation. What you die from is diseases you've got from overcrowding of people with very, very, very weak immune systems yeah. because of starvation. Typhus was the biggest killer. Typhus, dysentery and fever. Families died at roadsides because they would they'd be leaving a town to try to go somewhere else. And there was a really sort of strong sense of hospitality amongst the Irish Catholics, the rural Irish Catholics. Travellers were never turned away. Mm. They were brought in and they were fed. The problem was, is that just spread the disease to other parts of the country then. So not only have you got famine, you've now got a typhus, dysentery and fever epidemics raging. The bodies were left to be eaten by stray dogs. Shocking. That's terrible. And that, you know, no, no one at this point has got any, anything to fight. Got no, you know, well, they no energy, no nothing, have they? They, they couldn't nothing. fight back if they wanted to. They're too weak at this point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one's got nothing to fight. It, it mad how no. you don't learn about all this at school and that. <laughs> no, you don't. It's strange. You don't. I was taught about the troubles in Northern Ireland at, at GCSE level. Well, we've all heard about the potato famine. But uh, I was never taught about this. We never went this far back. No, but it's not that, is it? They don't focus on the negative things of the, of the Empire. It's always a positive. Yeah, yeah. Like Clive of India and that, and he was a bit of a dude, though, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? Even he oh, was that guy in Africa, Lance Ray Rhodes, Cecil Rhodes, wasn't it? Yeah, you don't even, you don't even talk so much about him now. I remember we did, yeah. No, we went to a grammar school, Mike. He was probably a former old boy, <laughs> probably <laughs> colonising bastard. Technically, Mike, you're part of that. But class. we taught the positive thing from yeah. them, not Just the atrocities that they caused. Just think, if you'd have gone to your school in the 1800s, you'd have probably been a, like a, some red-coated colonising guy, trotting around Africa, like, beating up natives and invading their land. Well, he's wearing the right colour already. Yeah, he's got his red shirt on. Mm-hmm. This is the Garibaldi red, mate. I'll be with the redcoats in Italy. Is that for helping to support Liverpool later on this afternoon, wearing red? <laughs> Down the city... Is there much different? That looks almost looks the same red as what the British British would wear. Might well have been. It's named after revolutionaries in Italy. Well, 
and Garibaldi. And the biscuits. Let's not forget the biscuits. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the biscuits. As soon as anyone says Garibaldi, I don't think of a famous uh, revolutionary leader. I just think of a biscuit. Oh, I think of that's a biscuit. The, that's the downside to him. That nobody else seems to like, so I always get them. It's great. The historian, A.J.P. Taylor. Have you heard of him? Yeah, yeah. I, I know him well, yeah. <laughs> I've read many of his works yeah. on Associated well, Press. historian. And he said that Garibaldi was the only truly holy, wholesome person in history or something like that. Right. Wasn't he a benevolent dictator? Yeah. So he was like, a dictator, he was revolutionary. He'd be pretty well under rule, didn't he? He helped overthrow military dictatorships in Brazil and other countries. And then went and... He was a troublemaker. He was a troublemaker. He was a bit of a troublemaker, but he was a good guy, apparently. Yeah, so he had energy to burn. The biscuits are quite wholesome as well, aren't they? They're not too sweet. It's got some raisins in it. Bit of fruit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bit of your five a day. God, if only they they had Gary Baldy biscuits in 1846 (laughs) Ireland. And they've got that nice... uh, Glaze, yeah, the, the sugary glaze. Nom, 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 nom. Oh, I could wax lyrical about those biscuits all day. <laughs> I want some Garibaldi biscuits. <laughs> I might go down the shop after this. <laughs> <laughs> the Soup Kitchen Act of 1847 was passed, though, because this is becoming a major problem now. Lots of people are starting to die. So now they've thought, right, shit, we had best do something about this. Yeah, but the food that they wanted to use, because they don't want to give them good food. They want to give them potato soup, don't they? No, they're giving them just like bad meat soup. They are the rock meat they can't export. They give because it's kind of a bit healthy. They're giving it to the Irish in soup. They're mixing it with what maize they've got left, a bit of corn, just enough to fan it up a little bit. But it's not enough. There's not enough of it. In Killarney, there was one soup kitchen for ten thousand people. Also, they demean them, uh, sort of a bit of a slap in the face, as they would make them wait with bowls in their hands or out in front of them as if they're begging. Oh. And that obviously then pissed off the Catholics more, because it's like, well, not only are they occupying us, they're humiliating us now. We're begging them for food. Yeah. And mm. of course, you're poor and starving, you've got to travel to these soup kitchens 10, 20 miles. Yeah. Most people were dying on their way of exhaustion. Yeah. Well, and you've got the weather to contend with. Yeah. Not the best weather in no. Ireland, is it? Let's face it. No, and also, because this is bad soup, bad meat in it, it's caused bowel problems, which isn't good when you've got dysentery to begin with. No. You know, you're just literally shitting yourself to death. Yeah. As horrific as that sounds. They didn't last long, did they, the soup kitchens? No. They discontinued them, used to pressure from radical members of the party in the Whigs. They did get their act together a little bit and started supplying three pounds, how much is it? Three million Irish should be kept alive by a pound of porridge and four ounces of bread a day. They did get their act together slightly, but still, that's nothing but what they'd be eating if, they had, if their crops hadn't failed. Mm. Yeah, still, that's, I mean, a pound of porridge and four ounces of bread is still starvation rations. Yeah. So you're keeping that population weak, aren't you? It's enough to keep you alive, but not enough to thrive. That's it. And people, you know, they're still trying to grow, remember, they're still trying to plant next year's crop. Because you've got to keep trying, haven't you? So you're exhausted as it is. Instead of eating 14 pounds of potatoes a day, you got a bit of porridge and some bread. It's not going to go far when you're doing like physical labour, is it? That's it. And even by 1847, food, including peas, beans, rabbit, fish, honey, livestock, corn, all the cornucopia of food that Ireland made, was still being exported as hunger ravaged the countryside. Shocking. Yes, isn't it? Why didn't they just say you can have all the rabbits then? Let them eat all the rabbits? They're being exported. It's the English, that is. 
Well, if you get caught poaching, Claire. We've got plenty of rabbits over here as well. We didn't used to have them. They're not ours. They've been brought over, haven't they? I think they came over with the Romans, rabbits, do you know? Yeah, I know, they, I know they're not indigenous. Cats certainly did. I mean, the Irish were seen as less than human. They called them bog rats. Mm. You know what I mean? The thing is, discrimination. The stigma towards the Irish stayed for. Even when I was growing well, up. I want to discuss this at the, at the end, okay. funnily enough, because it's gonna, if this does affect the Irish massively culturally and their attitude towards us. I've got no qualms with the Irish, by the way. <laughs> I'll set this straight right now. I love the Irish. My <laughs> sister in law's Irish. I've been out with an Irish girl. I love the Irish. Wicked accent. Very good, very nice accent, I'll give you that. Potato crops didn't fully recover until 1852. Fucking hell, another six years down the line. Yeah. And by then, one million had died and another one million had emigrated to America or England. I've got 2.1 million. Have you? Mm-hmm. What, emigrated or died? Emigrated. 80% of them went to the USA. Well, yeah, or Canada. Sounds, sounds about right, I guess. Although, <laughs> to get there, they had to go in ships and they were labelled coffin ships. Yes, because yes, a lot of people didn't. 50% would die. Was it that many? Yeah, and they were just tossed over so the side. So that's probably why a million emigrated, because that yeah, two million, only it. a million actually arrived, maybe. maybe. Yeah. But they're not going to tell you how many died on the trip, are they? Yeah, yeah, a million emigrated. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where's all the million people gone? Well, a million people. I'd say that's a good way of understanding why there's different numbers then. Yeah. And then when they got to America, of course, faced even more discrimination. Yes. Well, it's, let's gangs of New York. Take a, a little yeah. step back. Is when they get to America, they're all fucking sick with typhus and dysentery. They've been on these ships lying in their own filth. Well, you can't risk them coming ashore and inf- infecting the city. So they went to these little timber hut hospitals like on the outskirts, yeah. where they either died or recovered, and that was it. Mm. It was that was all you had. Mm. They weren't exactly well cared for, especially in Canada, and of course. Before you got on a ship, you're inspected by a doctor in these days because you're on that ship for a long time mm-hmm. and it's very, very cramped. And if you're sick, you ain't going on that ship. Well, the doctors at England just went, yep, that bloke shitting his guts out there looks fine to me. Get him on. That bloke shaking from fever was, get him on. Looks fine to me. You could always blame me. You got it on, you know, got it on the ship. On right, the so he looked, looked all right when I let him on. Yeah, yeah. That's what you got to say. Looked all right when I let him on. Not that there'd have ever been any communication like that anyway, because how would they communicate with the guys in England and say, what are you doing? Or did they have telegraph? The first um, transatlantic telegraph yeah, line so six was... Week, six weeks later, they, arrived, they, they receive a telegram and say, why did you let these sick people on for? No, Instant, isn't it? Isn't it Morse code? Yeah. And then someone will write it down. Yeah. The first transatlantic telephone line was somewhere in the turn of the century, a little bit off that at the moment. Oh, OK. It would have been... Because you've like, got to have electricity to have that. So it is literally passing messages. It would have been a delivery ships. telegram. It would, that's how it would have been. So pigeon, yeah, it would have been pigeon. <laughs> now it would have come, it'd have come back on the next boat. It would have mm. been that. That's the only means they'd have had to communicate yeah. with each other. Yeah. So it, it, would, it would have never have been raised, probably, because you think those million didn't all come at one day, did they? They yeah. came over fucking months and years. So for months and years, people were dying. They were coming there really poorly. So it's not like they didn't know. In ten years, forty-five to fifty-five. There you go. So it's not like it's not like they were unaware. There must have just been that lack of communication of saying like Americans going, guys, 
what the fuck? They're all arriving here dead, kind of thing. Or these that ships are half empty. What's happened? That never got back to England, so England never. What if it did? They just ignored it because they didn't care. They wanted them gone, and they don't care about the Americas, do they? No, we're the we're the fucking boys at this point. We could have already been kicked out of America by this. Yeah, but we 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 burned the White House down in eighteen twelve, mate. We weren't we weren't afraid of them. We invaded America, burnt the White House down, made them sue for peace. War of 1812. They still think they won it. So um, what, what would happen to the, you know, after they come out of Sorry, this? American listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't win it, though, because you never invaded Canada and we burnt down the White House, so I call that a win for us. Go on, Claire, what are you going to say? So what would happen to these people when they left these little hospital huts? Oh, they were just they were immigrant. They were immigrants, then. Yeah. They'd go in the city. Living the shittiest... Yeah, living in slums. Yeah. Head west, maybe, for a chance of the gold rush. Well, they'd, they'd try and Go find... Go live on the frontier. They'd try and find light-hearted people, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd, yeah, they have set up their own communities. Yeah, exactly. They'd, they'd find another Irish person and say, Oh, hello. Oh, oh hello. Well, well, hello there. You, you'd go to a relative, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. More chances are you've got an, an uncle or an auntie or a cousin living over there. Yeah. Already, because it's not like immigration hasn't immigration to America hasn't been a thing. You've got family over there. Mm. Oh, they live somewhere in New York, and you'd have because these places aren't that big at this point. You could probably give it if you asked like four or five people along the route, where can I get to so and so street, or where can I get to this area? Where's the Irish district? And would you know so and so? Yeah. You'd find them fairly within a day. Yeah. Hmm. Very different then, wasn't it? Very different because everyone knew everybody. Go from like a million or two million people in these giant cities to a few thousand, I suppose, isn't it? New York could be no more than like what hundred thousand at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's not. It, it was still being built, remember? Yeah. Like gangs of New York, those perfect yeah. kind of scene setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to cool. understand what it was like in them days, because yeah. that would have been around that kind of time period, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Yes, well, yeah, it would have been. Exactly, so you can see how they're still building New York. It's still yeah. wooden wooden houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, remember, that a lot of them didn't just go to America and Canada. They came to England as well. Yeah. 250,000 headed for Liverpool mm. and completely swamped the city, bringing in disease as well. But the services in the city basically just couldn't cope with that influx of people over the space of a few weeks. It didn't help the government didn't do anything to help. And no. this is why Liverpool, a very sort of... Anti-government. Yeah, anti-government. Wasn't, wasn't Ireland used a little bit like Australia? As in, we sent away a lot of our... I don't know. To be honest, I don't know that. I've, that's why. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. It's the a possibility. Why, I, the reason why the Scousers don't trust the government is because they saw the way that they treated the Irish when they landed. Right, okay. They sort of stayed with them as a people. And Hillsborough. And Hillsborough, doesn't help. Yeah. 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 Goes back to that, yeah. But yeah, you can see they're very anti-government. They're quite. You get the feeling Liverpool would go independent if it could. <laughs> it'd be its yeah, yeah the, the, the the Republic of Scouseland. <laughs> yeah, they would definitely rename it, wouldn't they? Yeah. Scouseberg. The Labour government. It's just a Tory, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Liverpool Not is predominantly Liverpool. You don't. Although I do know a Scouse Tory. I think he's the only Scouse Tory. There's no MPs, is there, or councillors no. at the Tory in Liverpool? No. It's all Labour. So, yeah, but the thing is, they were just herded back onto ships and just sent straight back to Ireland to starve again. That what? was it. Mm-hmm. And the ones that did stay were discriminated against. Of course. Couldn't get work and places to live. And, and they ended up 
becoming notoriously thieves things like that trying to survive in, by any means well you have gangs you have gang warfare you have all the things that comes with it don't you like gangs of New York basically but you yeah, don't in Liverpool they should make that film like gangs of New York gangs of Liverpool and get I couldn't Leonardo. watch an entire film with just scouses Leonardo DiCaprio to come back over as an old man like <laughs> <laughs> now to conclude this the exact role of the British government in the potato famine and its aftermath whether it ignored the plight of Ireland's poor out of malice or simple incompetence is still being debated, and we're going to debate it in a second. However, the cultural effects upon Ireland and the contribution to the 21st century troubles, sorry, the contribution to the troubles since and up to the 21st century, is beyond doubt. This does not help British Irish relations, does it? <laughs> to put it bluntly, not really. it does not. not. And you end up with the 1916 Easter uprising. It's still within living this potato famine. It's not that far away. It's only a generation gone. I'm not sure it's out of malice. It's out of greed. I think there's an element of malice and an element of don't fuck with us. And now you can't anyway. No. I think the best that can be labelled at them is neglect. Willful neglect. Yeah, right. willful neglect. Yeah, I think... And at worst, it's social murder. At yeah, worst, you could argue it's a, it's a genocide. genocide. Yeah. It falls somewhere in between that, doesn't it? Willful mm. neglect and genocide. But the people... By the way, don't look good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the people that still own the farmland over there that were employing these people still could have, you know, kept all their workers... Fed. Fed, and you know, been known like been a trailblazer, well, or they'd be like, "Oh, you're a soft touch," but I want these people to, to work for me. Well, yeah, because the more they grow, the better, more rip, the richer I am. Exactly. So you know, someone could have done that. I, th- I think the government was to blame in some part of it, but the you know the people that owned each mm-hmm. individual farm, you know, instead of getting them all debts up to the eyeball or owing and then being kicked out, it could have been done a whole different way, couldn't it? The problem was England relied on the resources it got from Ireland. So Don't say that someone wasn't getting a few pennies in their pocket. Yeah, they, yeah. Of course yeah, they were. Yeah. What I'm saying is, England relied on the resources that came from Ireland. So instead of saying, oh, well, they can keep them to help support themselves, fuck them, we still need them, otherwise we're, fu- well, we're going to be a little bit less <laughs> well think, off. Think of the racism. Well, it's the richest like. country in the world at the time. Yeah. You could have imported it from somewhere else. Yeah, but yeah. they chose not to. Of course. And they were like, no, that's ours. We're yeah. having that. No matter what, you guys, that, that's your fucking issue. Tough tits. Yeah. And what you might find happened is you might have had some trailblazers that have gone, oh, well, well instead were. of giving the crop that I should be giving to these, I will give them to my... And then they probably got killed. Yeah, they probably <laughs> they got... Probably taken out Theft, one yeah. way or another so well, it'd be, what you got to look at is the inherent racism with it haven't you you've got yep. a Protestant landowner mm. and Irish Catholic peasant farmers and Catholics at the time are not even in society are they no they're the lowest they're the lowest of the low mm. so you've got all the and these are peasant Catholics yeah what are you going to do with that you're going to manipulate it the British government did do a thing where they said well for the relief committee if the landlords put in a certain amount, we'll match it. None of the landlords put in, hmm. or very few of them did. 
Not enough you know, to make a difference. It's the greed, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Because remember that, that excess that they so they make their quota, they send their quota off for export. The rest they can sell as they want. Well, food prices have gone sky high because there isn't any, or what these guys are hoarding. So they're driving the prices up by hoarding the excess they haven't sold and don't need to eat themselves. And no one's got any money. Yeah. They can't buy the food. Which so it's sitting there rotting until they start making that bloody shitty soup with it. And you've got the wigs. You think that helping them is a sin anyway. <laughs> so you can't tell me that... They were, they were just fucked either way, weren't they? Yeah. So I they think there's not a chance, did they? No. There's, there's definitely the element of racism and classism and religious yeah. religionism in this. Massive element. Yeah. Massive yeah. element. And there's also the... Eh, it'll all work itself out. We don't really give a fuck. It's the not our problem. Yeah, the it's not our problem. There's, there's what, 50, 40 miles, 50 miles of water in between us? Not our problem. We've got 100,000 soldiers stationed <laughs> there. What are they going to do? That's how, but that is how fucking... That's how simply-minded they were. Mm. They were probably like, don't affect us, so who gives a shit? We're still getting our crops that we want, so... For export and use. Yeah, yeah, so fuck it. So was it a famine or was it murder? Bit of both. Mm. I think it was famine that could have been helped but wasn't. Enough. End of. Yeah, it comes down to a classic it's greed because if they just said, you know what, only send us 75% say, of what you're... I of what you Only send us 75% of the stuff you're going to send us. Keep 25%, feed the people. They didn't do that. They're just like, nah. In fact, you know what? We'll have some more, please. <laughs> yeah. Because they got yeah. the grain laws, don't say that they couldn't have passed one to say, look, you know, you've, these people have got to have enough to live. Mm-hmm. You know? All because I think it's, it's greed, and what will be happening was, you know, some of the parliament will have been nobbled, or or they were profiting themselves from it. Mm. You find yeah. that, you know, some of the, the members well, of parliament were, were on, you know, there, there wasn't... They were getting backhanders from the landlords, weren't they? from the landlords possibly yeah. yeah it's all corrupt isn't it at this point I think only 6% of people could vote couldn't they yeah you're looking uh, at that they're yeah. not Catholic oh no no, no, no not the no, Catholics couldn't vote no, English really? I mean English voters just English landowners uh, and it was mainly aristocrats, yeah. aristocrats and landowners and then you started getting oh, 1857 was the industrial revolution you started getting in rich industrialists getting in as MP when were the charters uh, 1852, I think. Yeah. And they started because you had all these weird things with the English electoral system. There's boroughs that didn't exist, but sent like 14 MPs Lots to of boroughs. <laughs> and then there was like places like Manchester had one MP. Reminds me of Blackadder. That's it. The Blackadder so, the third. <laughs> Blackadder the third. There's an election episode, and it shows you how mad the English political system was then in terms of how you chose these people. Hmm. It's crazy. It was, it's definitely... Is that the one with the young Prime Minister? Yeah, pick the young. Yeah. So, the problem is, it was sowing the seeds for a lot of problems along the way, this, wasn't it? But the, the British government must have thought, well, we're too powerful for them to fuck with anyway, so we can treat them as we like. And then, obviously, in 1916, the Easter Rebellion, where the, we lost all of Ireland apart from the six northern counties, which were mainly Protestant. And then we had years and years of domestic terrorism and what was called a policing operation 
basically since the end of the war up to 1997, that got killed delivering pizza. Yeah, occasionally oh, subbing a flare yeah, up. There's I mean, been car bombs and things like that, hasn't there? The Good like Friday Friday Agreement yeah. pretty much put an end to all of it. Apart from when you had that thing with the real IRA who came yeah, out yeah. shortly afterward, then they seem to bugger off. Yeah, but it is still a threat now, so it's not finished. It's, it's well, it is over. because of fucking Boris and Brexit and the backstop, isn't it? Mm. This is the problem now. Is you've got the, it blows it up again because now the Irish are like, well, you should just unify us. Why should the North suffer? Yeah. Because it's stuck with Britain. Well, when I, the Irish are still part of the EU and going, oh, we'll have the, we'll the benefits of that. Um, apparently it violates a Good Friday Agreement, doesn't it? Yeah, it's something like that. But then again, at that point, it was never thought about, was it, leaving the EU? It's led to millions of deaths. Not just the Irish, but British as well. Soldiers who were killed, innocent civilians who been killed. There was car bombings in the UK. I mean, Shrewsbury Castle, the road from us, was bombed. You know, it, it led to a lot of deaths, isn't it? The resentment of that is all. If, you, if you're a young Irishman and they're trying to get you to hate the British, you haven't got to go, well, go and look at the potato famine. Yeah, it spans generations. Look how they treat us. Mm. Is anyone else anything else to add? No, I just said it was just a shocking event and. I don't even want to say potatoes in a funny way anymore. <laughs> it didn't need to happen, did it? No. It didn't need to happen. No, avoidable. No. Just like, you know, present day starvation in, in all countries, it doesn't need to happen. It's no. just not getting distributed in the right way. So you could say corruption. it's still fucking it's happening. It's all about But it's corruption. just going on in a different mm -hmm. country, you know. Like Yemen, you know. Jesus, they can't get food in and in right there. Or no, we're helping the Saudis bomb them. Yeah. With cluster bombs that are illegal, because the Saudis aren't signed up to the new convention, they can use them. We can still sell them, though. Sometimes you've got to look around and think, have a look at your allies. I mean, Saudi Arabia, for fuck's sake, one of the most... Heavily oil-producing countries in the world. <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's why. <laughs> Come on. It's the only reason. If it weren't What's for it that, is? we'd have been trying to blow them up at the same time we were fighting with Iraq and Afghanistan and that. And they produce a terrorist well. for us to, as an excuse to, to go to war, so... I think it's as well, Saudi's too big. Saudi's just too big a country for a little England to take on. I don't know, we had managed to have an empire, Pete. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always been going on, isn't it? It's always it's always about people at the top getting richer and fatter yep. and not giving a fuck about the little people. Yep. Because it all goes... When you, you talk about your African nations now that are starving, etc., we send percentage of our wages every week to those countries... Oh, foreign aid. For, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's still a percentage. A, a percentage of our tax that we pay. I've got, got no issue with foreign aid as long as it's spelt. The problem is that foreign aid goes to the governments who are going to distribute yeah. it, except they don't. They're they just go, oh, thanks. Thanks for having a thousand AK 47s now. Yeah, exactly. This is the problem. And they got to a gold plated limousine. And it goes back to then. That's what it was. The rich people, the government, the landlords, people like that, they were all right. They were yeah, happy. They didn't give a shit. They had no like need to help them. 
So they bump up the fucking prices, make more money, make them even worse. And you've put bought remember you've probably bought their possessions off them. Yeah. So you and, and lowballed them out as well, because you're not gonna give them a good price for it, oh yeah, they're desperate. Yeah. No, they they'll take anything. anything if they point. had anything to sell in the first place. Well, people were selling their clothes. They were going about in rags. Probably last year's potato sacks. <laughs> well, we didn't need these ones. <laughs> exactly. Just cut some holes. Got a nice T-shirt. <laughs> After doing the research, I, I'm more inclined to agree that it's just a, it's it's a deliberate famine. Mm with the minimum done to help, the bare minimum to make it look as if you are doing something. Yeah. Queen still... Victoria's in charge at this point. Right? Mm. She's meant to be one of England's greatest monarchs. What did she... She didn't say anything about this. She, doesn't, she didn't even mention it. She's, there's nothing to it. She probably had an extra bit of toast at the breakfast instead. She showed. probably didn't know fuck all about it. She, she may not have known anything about did. it. Because I, I watched um, that drama on ITV about it. She did know they were all at the gates of the palace and that mm. lot, and they moved her to somewhere safer. Mm. That was that could have been the first time she heard about it, though. Well, I know, but she still should have yeah. called her prime minister in and said, "What's happening in Ireland?" This is the problem. This is they the fundamental care, problem. Well, that's the point. They don't care now. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. This is meant to be was she considered one of England's finest monarchs? And but yet they have she no was power. Very detached. But they don't have much yeah. power, do they? Really, in realistic terms, they're more power than you think, mate. But at the same time, you're going to go Prince Charles. They call him the Spider. That's your catchphrase, that is. You know, whenever anyone mentions the monarchy yeah. and having no power, you go got more power than you think, mate. Yeah. But all decisions <laughs> are made through the prime minister and government. Yeah, but the queen has power. And back then, she carried a bit more weight, didn't she? Mm. They do now. They can block any law they want in secret. But they so don't. So we don't know, know about do it. They? But they don't generally do. Yeah, they, they do. Do they? Do they? Do they yeah, she's done like fifty or? fucking laws throughout the years that they've blocked. Mm. They're basically taking money out of her pocket, and she's gone. No, nope, not having that. We'll take that bit out in secret. They can change the laws. Mm. How's that a democracy? Remember, she also has to appoint a government. If she let's say that yeah, there has to whoever be gets in now is going to form has an election and and wins. She can go, now nah, you know what, don't like that. I think that's more of a ceremonial thing, isn't it? I don't yeah, I don't think it would that. ever happen now, but... He still goes and asks for permission. I know, I know. It's the whole setup is ridiculous, isn't but it? I do think, like you say, I think that is more just for the looks, the ceremony thing, mm. isn't it? Well, she definitely changes laws, mate. You can look mm. it up, yeah. Mm. So, yes, not good for British-Irish relations and the things are still being heard today. I mean, the Irish have always been... The butt of jokes. The butt of jokes. The old scene has been a bit thick. Remember the old Englishman, Irishman, Scotsman jokes that were very popular for many, many years? Mm -hmm. I've got loads of them. You don't want to hear them. I was born in the 80s. <laughs> I think I've heard them all. <laughs> you know, they were always... What's the word I'm looking for? Discriminated against. Yeah. Well, as, much, as well, in some cases, in some areas, as much as black people. Yeah, I remember um, Craig Charles from Red Dwarf, and he's a Scouser. Mm. He's from Liverpool, and when he was growing up, there were signs on the door saying "No Irish, No Blacks." Yeah, mm. so they're exactly the same. They were viewed like that, which is just shocking in ev every way. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, it's shame in it. And this, this obviously, the, the racism and the classism was. Uh, caused this and it caused the disaster and that's led to bitter resentment amongst some Irish people and I guarantee you that like yeah. I said any young lad that's like got they want to join they want to get into the, the IRA in the, in the 70s and 80s he's got no real reason to hate the Brits or look at the potato famine look at what they're doing now look how they've always treated us 
you'd hope in 50, 70 years it could be, you know, totally put to bed and the IRA wouldn't, you know, be a thing anymore and people would understand that, you know, they've learnt, you know, we've hopefully learnt from it. It could. Mm. That's the thing, we never do learn from these things, do we, as a species, and we should. I'm hoping in 50 to 70 yeah. years that that mm. not be forgotten, be remembered, but not ever, you know, reproduce. See, I just remember growing up in the 80s, 90s, the Irish were the butts of the jokes, like you said, mm-hmm. thieves. Thieves! Thieving Irish. It was oh, all that Irish gypsies and Yeah, yeah, it was all associated with, with your travellers and things like that, but it was always Irish associated. You were seen as, if you, if you were Irish, you were seen as being a bit dodgy, weren't you? <coughs> and usually a drunk. Excuse me. And uneducated. And uneducated. Yeah, yeah. So and you, it was you're awful, like, the fact that I never we're talking, like, within the last 40 years, within the last 30 years, quite happily, that was still kind of acceptable to have those views. Yeah. Obviously, luckily now, we're all educated enough to know that those views, they're not something I ever shared, but they're something that you heard. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But now, luckily, you don't really hear that so much. You don't hear, you don't, I haven't you don't heard hear Irish jokes anymore no. unless I tell them when I'm drunk. <laughs> but no, it's... They'll be known as dad jokes, wouldn't they, in the next couple of decades? Yes. And then they'll just they'll just drift out of uh, as the, the you know generations well, they'll, they'll go on no, they'll drift away and there'll be no relevance anymore. Yeah, no, no one no one will remember them. No. Or it might be the English person that becomes the, the butt of the joke when it's an Englishman, Irishman, Scottishman. Oh, we already oh. are, mate. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Englishman will yeah. be the butt of the joke. No, we totally are. Oh, we are already. But we don't. We can't even go to another country. You know, we're known as lagerlouts and we're terrible football hooligans. Yeah. We're terrible abroad. Yeah. We steal everything, I mean look at all our artefacts we've got in the museum. <laughs> What's that? There's a TV show about it, isn't it? What, terror, what something Britain's abroad? Or Brits abroad. Brits abroad. Oh yeah, we just twat, we, we just get drunk and fight everybody, because we've got some mistaken sense of arrogance about how wonderful we are as a nation. Yeah. We were World War Two, mate, I could beat you up. You know, what's that got to do with anything? You didn't win, you didn't win it, you weren't even born, mate. They were our granddads, who were fucking hard. <laughs> We ain't. Hard times beat hard people, don't they? We, we ain't. We ain't nothing on what our granddads were, are we? Our granddads. Were go down pit for twelve hours a day, and then go and drink fourteen pints for going home and fucking the wife. I guarantee now, mine, yours, yours, and yours, all of our granddads at forty would run rings around all of us. Mm-hmm. Now. More manual either, innit? They were fitter. Yeah. One of my kids come running to me the other day. They pinched their finger in a toy, and they were like, "Ah!" It's the end of the world. Yeah. See, we're lucky as well. We, we were we were brought up at the end of, like, get on with it. Eat a bag of dirt before you die. Oh, brush it off. That an era, was it? <laughs> yeah, well, no, but it was the end of the era, I think, when you got to the millennium, wasn't it? That was the end of that. Like, millennials oh. are a bunch of pussies. It's funny how every generation thinks that, oh, I was at the end of the era, the end of the best era when I grew oh, up. But I know that our granddad's time, that era, was a lot tougher than ours, and they yeah. were a lot tougher. But luckily, we... We had, a, we had a Goldilocks period, do you think? You know, we've all got we've got central eating there, we've got indoor toilets. Our grandparents didn't have that. No. Double glaze. And even my dad said, well, in the winter, you'd wake up and there'd be a layer of ice on the inside of the window. My mum, you see your breath in your house. My mum had an on it and <laughs> melt it off. Yeah, you know, <laughs> coal fires. You know, you know, internal boilers now. Heat the house and heat hot water. If you, you can afford it. Well, if you can afford it, 
stuck to the window. Yeah. <laughs> if you can afford it. But, you know, most people are... This winter will be tough for a lot of people. So I guess there's going to be frost on the inside of this. There's going to be a lot of deaths this, this winter. Oh, Honestly, get yourself a fleecy hoodie like I've got. They're fucking fantastic. My, my mum grew up in a house where the toilet was at the back of the garden. Yeah, there was a... In Birmingham. Like, if you watch Peaky Blinders, think those Peaky Blinders houses... Yeah, terrace houses. Houses. Yeah, yeah, those typical terrace houses and at the bottom of the little little garden... There was, often a, shared. there was a toilet mm-hmm. and that was your bog that was yeah. it. and your bath would no have toilet been. paper newspaper yeah, there, were, there yeah. weren't like a bathroom a bath was in the room with the everybody front, else front room <laughs> yeah. boiling the water on a kettle to throw in yeah, yeah. no it's going to be then, hard this winter isn't it yeah. Yeah. people getting blankets I've heard uh, predictions of £500 a month energy bills wow okay. that's what they're saying it's more than you know, people's crazy. rent mortgages yeah. isn't it Yep. On the plus side, fuel went down by 10 p a litre. 184.7. Wow. Now for diesel. You remember when it had a quid and everyone freaked out? Yeah. I don't know. I remember when it peaked up to £1.30 first, about 10 years ago, and there was massive protest and it went straight back down. And then just ever since then it just started, slowly crept back up, but nobody batted an eyelid when it was at one thirty. I think we're getting a bit away from that. Yeah. Should yeah. we finish this? Should yeah, 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 let's, yeah. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, I've been Ben. Thanks for listening. That's been the Potato Famine. I think we did that quite well. Bit of dark history. I'd like to throw the odd one in, don't we? Although it does worry me we've done two episodes of the spin on farming. Yeah. <laughs> we need to move away from that. Let's get back to some fucking aliens soon, all right? Yeah. Uh, back yeah. to fucking alien. Whatever, I'll fucking alien. <laughs> we watched a lot of Star Wars recently. <laughs> Yeah, I'll fuck an alien. Even a grey. I'd fuck a grey. Yeah. I'd fuck one of the Camino cloning aliens with the long necks and the other heads. Mm-hmm. The Orville's got some hot aliens. I've been watching the Orville as well, yeah. Yeah, I haven't got... I'm quite the security officer, she's hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is. Anyway, I've been Ben. Thanks for listening. Don't do the flavour Don't join a call. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. I've been Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete. Aim low, shoot high.